Hey, it's Pastor Nick from Grace River Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you find today's message encouraging and transformative in your life. We'd love for you to join us online each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. by visiting graceriverva.com slash live. Now, enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so, so today, next Sunday, I'm still going to be ministering and uh, speaking from a Christmas perspective, just that the hope has come, and we know the hope has come. But, but today I want to wrap up this series on Advent that we've been in, and I want to specifically talk about peace. Specifically talk about peace. Uh, we know that, that in its general definition, peace is just a lack of war. Peace can be freedom from disturbance, quiet. No anxiety. Things are settled. But, you know, we, we don't live in a world that offers us that. And, I, I mean, I, it's just too easy when the last several weeks, it's almost like there are shootings every day. And I'm not saying that to breed fear. It's, it's just the reality of where we live right now, right? <clears throat> there's anxiety. There's fear. There's turmoil. But I want us to look at this Christmas story this morning because it's not just a story, it's a reality for us. So many times when we look at, at peace and how life is so busy, there really isn't peace. Uh, I, I don't um, want to describe anybody's life this morning, but I, I guarantee you every time you pull up to the gas pump, there's not a lot of peace. Uh, every time you realize that you are going to maybe meet with family this week that you don't always meet with, there's a little bit of fear, but there can be peace. There's good news. Um, even when Jesus was born, there was a political environment that was not easy to deal with. There were issues in life that was not easy to handle. You've got a young woman who was now carrying a child of a man that she's still not married to. But then they find themselves moving forward to have this child. And I'm going to just start reading in Luke chapter 2. We're just going to read those first several verses. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was what? The first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy 
that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from the heavens, and the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at the shepherds and who told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. A lot of reading there, and you know the story very, very well. As families, we'll share this story with our children a few different ways, and maybe when you gather with your family, you share somehow the story and talk about the real meaning of Christmas. But as we read this, there's just things that jump off the page that I cannot help but wonder sometimes if we miss. And, and I also must say, I really feel a, a, just a special presence of God this morning. So what, what is this passage saying to us? Well, first of all, you don't need to wait for peace anymore. It's come. It's understanding who he is and embracing who he is. Um, when I looked at this passage... I can't help but go to Isaiah chapter 9. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Let me just repeat that. Here's who has come, Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse 7 goes on to say, and of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Now, and I'm just setting this up very quickly. Here's, here's what that's saying, if, if you will, in a couple of quick sentences. Everything you face has been taken care of. Every situation you face has already been dealt with. And see, the enemy knows it. He just knows you don't believe it. The enemy even knows the final count. He already knows, I mean, as silly as this is, um, it would be like all the football games that have been canceled this week. And I want to give a shout out to the Washington team because at least we can't lose today. But it would be, it would be like the team sitting in their locker rooms fretting over today's games that don't exist. We as believers fret over things that have been dealt with. We have a mighty counselor. We have a prince of peace. We have a mighty God, an everlasting father who has already come the first time. Pastor Nick spoke about this last week. Why, why are we surprised by things we have already have been expecting? Why is it that we 
try to keep expecting things that have already been delivered. And how does this play out in our life? Well, sometimes I think we just get it a little backwards because we want things the way we want things. Guilty. Guilty as charged. I want, I want things to be taken care of the way I want things to be taken care of. I need God to move on my terms. You know, I, I want baby Jesus to be born the way I think baby Jesus should be born. I would not have necessarily chosen a stable. We, we choose a stable. More than likely, it was a cave. But the reality is we, we just, like, just like the culture of that day, would have not had Jesus come in a lowly manger. And, and we would have had the angel go to the highest and the elite of the culture, not the shepherds. But God chose, I want you to get this, God chose the lowly thing to confine and confound the wise. You know what that tells me? That when I think things are not what they should be, God is already at work making things more incredible than I could ever imagine. Because who would have ever even believed that that was the Savior? I'm, I'm going to get to a couple of good points in just a minute. I'm just, <clears throat> here's, here's another aspect of this that's just really been ringing in my spirit. It, it would have been so easy for, for us to fall into that aspect of, man, I wish I could have been the, the one of the shepherds that the angel came. No, you don't. I mean, first of all, and if you've, if you've ever experienced this, I'm not, I believe it's real. I believe people have seen angels. I can remember even when I was pastoring in Baltimore, uh, my son Matthew was very young, and, and we were in the church, and he suddenly said, Dad, did you see that? And I was like, no, what? He said, I, I just saw an angel fly right there. And my, I mean, this, the hair on the back of my neck stood up because I was like, I, I didn't see. I'm, let's go, son, right now. <laughs> All right? Pastor, are you afraid of angels? Have you ever seen one? Why do you think every time an angel shows up in the word of God, it says, fear not? Because when an angel shows up and the glory of God manifests itself as it did with the shepherds, they were greatly afraid, okay? They were afraid. And some believe it was Gabriel that said, don't fear. Fear not. I'm bringing good news. I'm not here to hurt you. See, I believe somebody needs to hear that from God this morning. Because when his presence shows up, it's fearful. God is a mighty God. We enjoy this grace, and it's only by grace that we're saved, but we still will stand in judgment. And it's when we stand before that God that we don't have to be afraid because he will say, don't be afraid. We're covered by his righteousness. But when we stand in his presence, sometimes I wonder when he tells us, today in the city of David is born a Savior. Today, maybe you're reading the word, today, I, I've told you in my word, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. I, I've told you when you've been praying and seeking my face, I'm going to take care of these things. You've just got to keep believing me. 
But we, like the shepherds, it would have been like as if the shepherds would have stood there after the angels left. Instead of the shepherds saying, let's go see this thing, it would be just like them standing there going, you know what? If, if they come one more time, that'll be a sign. I'm going to pray one more week about this, and if, if the angel comes one more time, I'll really believe him this time. Am I making any sense? I'm not, I'm not trying to push anybody. I'm preaching to myself. Just look, give me a few minutes. But see, when the shepherds understood that they had heard a message, they acted on it. And they went in and they experienced Jesus. So I want to talk about what this peace means for us. Why it's important for us to understand that, that remembering who Christ is, remembering what he's done, what Christmas is really all about. We all have plans. There's parties. There's get-togethers. Um, we found out this week that even your artificial trees can, can give us allergies. You know, um, so news just gets worse from here. You, know, you store those trees up in the attic and mold gets on them. I don't know. So here's, here's my point. We, we do all the tree stuff, we do all the decorations, we do all the gifts, we do all the parties, even to the point of, I can't wait till like January the 4th, when all the decorations are down and, and we can get back to normal, right? Well, see, it's, it's not really supposed to be about getting back to a normal with Jesus. It's about walking in such an, a relationship that really life is more supernatural than just normal. Because, again, when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, when you understand that he is with you, that his rod and his staff will comfort you, and that you can even have a table prepared before you in the midst of your enemies, but your cup can still overflow. See, when you start understanding that, when you start understanding that he's the king of peace and of his kingdom there will be no end, now when I'm going through struggles, and here's, here's the challenge. It doesn't mean that if you have peace in your life that there won't suddenly be struggles. Sometimes we confuse that. And we say, well, if I have peace, that means there's no struggle because a struggle is what takes away my peace. No, it, it means that when you are going through the struggle, you'll have peace. It means that when, when you're done wrong, it means that when you have enemies. What does the Bible tell us about our enemies? To love them. How do you do that supernaturally? It's, it's got it's to be God, right? Now, now, I'm just saying this because we're going to look at how do we have peace. What happens when we have this peace? Because we see this throughout the Word of God. But when I understand what's happening in this little brief passage, there's a lot of stuff going on because I just love it when he goes to the shepherds. The angels go to the shepherds. Unto you today is born a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. I'm not going to bore you this morning with Greek, but here's what Savior means. A deliverer. Here's who's born today, your deliverer, who is Christ, Messiah. The promised Messiah and Pastor Nick shared on this last week, that Jesus, or that the Word of God through the prophets has told us many, many times, everybody should have seen it as clear as day, 
but they still missed it. Why? Because we want it on our terms. But he did what he said he would do, and he is now the Savior, he's the Christ, and he's Lord. I'm going to paraphrase that. The one who is our deliverer and our Messiah, the promised one, is the one in charge. Now, what does that mean for me? How does that have peace in my life? Before I get to these three simple points, here's how that works. No matter what I, what I go through, I've got a deliverer who's my Messiah, and he's in charge. Have you ever been around a little child that they know their daddy owns the business? Our mom, sorry, sorry, ladies, didn't mean to. They know that their mom or their dad are the owners of the business. Okay? Have you ever been around those little stinkers? You know, no matter how old they are, right? Because I know some old stinkers, right? And because they know who runs the place. You don't, you don't see those kids going in there saying, well, you know, don't know if I'm going to eat this week. No, we know who owns the company. We know who's going to be taken care of. It's a family business. Now, I need, to, I need that to sink in for just a minute. You know, really, Christianity needs to be a lot like the mafia. Once you get in, you don't get out. There's only one way to get out. You die. Right? And you're going straight to heaven. Right? Now, I'm saying that. We might need to edit that. I'm not really sure. I'm saying that because you don't, you know, I'm not encouraging you to go home and watch Scarface or any of the mafia movies right now, but here, here's what I'm saying. You don't see any of those guys sitting around wondering if they're in. You don't see any of those guys, because they tell each other all the time, hey, I don't like what you did, <laughs> but you're a family. I'm going to take care of you, right? I don't like how you're acting, so you better straighten up, but I'm taking care of you. Why? Because we're family. See, what if the body of Christ was like that? See, I, you've been messing up some, but sit down. You need to straighten it up because we're family. And then when you leave, Nick, take him out. <laughs> right? <laughs> Heaven is our goal. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Now, <clears throat> I'm telling you that because you walk in a whole different kind of confidence. You walk in a total different kind of confidence. As a matter of fact, if we could stay on that theme just for a second. Um, I've watched some of those movies where the guys aren't walking in that kind of confidence. And the closest ones to them say, hey, what's wrong with him? Does he got wires? Check him for wires. Because he's not acting right. Something's amiss. Something's wrong. Now, all I'm trying to say is when we understand who's in control and that he gives us a peace that passes all understanding, we're in, we're family, our sins have been forgiven. Yes, guys, listen, I wish we could say there's no more pain, there's no more suffering. You can say that when we get to heaven. But while you're here, there's a purpose for all of that. There really is. I can't, 
I can't explain it when you're in the heat of the battle. But I've been in the valleys and I've been on the mountains. And I've been clinging on to the cliffs occasionally. I promise you, uh, it's, one, it's a wonderful uh, opportunity to stand on top of the mountain. But if you've ever noticed the tops of mountains, they're very small. And if you're moving and following Christ, you're going back down into a valley, back up another mountain. And, and those, those are where you learn some things. And those, you're, in that journey, there's going to be some bumps and bruises. There's going to be some embarrassing moments. You, you, you cannot tell me that Mary and Joseph, at some point in that relationship, the Bible doesn't tell us this, but let's just talk about this from the assumption that they were human beings. Uh, this is my betrothed wife, Mary. I know she's eight months pregnant, but um, it's a miracle. Well, they knew what they believed, but everybody smirking behind the scenes didn't. See? You, know, I, I want to serve God, but I want everybody to like me. What? I, I, want, I want to serve God, but I don't want to feel any pain. What? I want to serve God but I don't want to have any struggles in my marriage. And by the way, we're doing fine. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. But I, I, I want my spouse to always treat me the way I want to be treated. You don't grow like that. You know, I found out a long time ago, I hear God a lot, and it sounds a lot like my wife. usually if I'm struggling with something, whatever she tells me, I know it's truth. I just wanted to hear it from a deeper voice. <laughs> something that sounded more like God to me. But he uses her voice all the time. So God, I, I, want, I want to hear you, but I want it on my terms. I can't promise you there's not going to be struggles. I can't promise you there's not going to be. And I know we're sitting here and we're agreeing. Praise the Lord. Yes, I agree. But see, tomorrow or next week or next month, when you hit that wall, you're going to say, God, why? And, and there's two things about that. It's okay to say why. You still can't tell me that there was an occasion where Joseph probably thought, okay, man, this is not the plan. You know, thank God for the angel. Mm. This is not how I thought things were going to work out. That you're going to feel the same way about a lot of your life. But see, God's always working behind the scenes. That's what I love. Because when, when, the, when the shepherds came and they worshipped him, they left worshipping. And there, there's three things about this piece that I want to touch on that, that we have when we understand this. Number one, we have peace with God. Why did Jesus come? He didn't come to make your life comfortable. He came to save your life. Jesus came so you could be saved. Not scar-free, but shine like a light. Shine in the darkness. Listen to what the Word of God says in Romans. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith unto his grace, which we are now standing. 
You see, the, the, the most important peace I'll ever have is peace with the Father. There may be a whole lot of people that don't ever really like me. I want to make sure he likes me. And I know that the only way I can even get back into a right relationship with God is through Jesus Christ. And he, he's already sent his son, Jesus Christ. He's already paid the price. He's already died on the cross. He rose from the grave. He's already ascended. We're, we are in our advent, if you will, waiting on his return. But until he gets here, I can have peace that passes all understanding. You see, well, Pastor John, listen, I'm, I'm, I've been wrestling with this this week, I promise you. Because your flesh will mess you up. But if you will stay on your face before God... And if you'll stay in the word of God, well, pastor, I just don't have time. That's the problem. You know, you, you'll get to a point where you make time. And God's a gentleman. I'm not, I'm not here to make anybody feel guilty, but I'm trying. It's not about guilt. It's does the Holy Spirit tug at your heart, and he'll keep tugging at your heart. But if you don't respond, what do you expect from him? What do you really want? I have found, because if I let myself, I'll start listening to the voice in my head, which is me. And I'm complaining about something. I'm, I'm saying what I should think, what I think it should be and how it should happen. Because after all, our thoughts are always correct, aren't they? Our ideas are always the right ideas. You know, God, if you'll just do it this way, everything will be fine. Well, the, the Lord will help me sort of live there. But you know what? The more I listen to that voice, I just get more miserable and more miserable and more miserable. And then I'm irritated. And then I, my irritation shows up. And then God talks to me. What's your problem? <laughs> and, and, or, or somebody will say something to me and I'll take it the wrong way. You know, and I know we don't wrestle with this. It's just a few of us. But Somebody will say something to us, and we'll take it the wrong way. Somebody will do something, and we'll, we'll already read into it that it doesn't mean a thing that we're thinking about it, but now we've we got issues. And it turns into bitterness. See, that little root turns into bitterness. And if you let that root turn into bitterness, I shared this several weeks ago, that bitterness, the, the word that's used with bitterness is wreath, which we make Christmas wreaths out of. They're all pretty, but you know what a wreath is? It's twisted. Now, think about your life when you let bitterness take control. Now you just get twisted. And you can't look at anything straight because it's got a skewed perspective. And you look at everything from a twisted perspective. And you say, I, want, I, I just want to live right all twisted. Can't do it. So what does Jesus come and do? He gives us peace. Peace with God. Because when I try to do my life without God, it gets twisted. Am I making sense? When I try to do my life without God, even the things that I think make me happy get twisted. But when I have peace with God, now I can be in the middle of the storm, and I have peace. Now, everything doesn't have to go my way, and I have peace. Now, if I say something and it's sharp, I immediately apologize. It took a long time to get there, okay? Full confession. Still, still working on some of that stuff, right? Come on, you are too. 
You know, that, that now, now that wrong thought or that wrong action or that wrong activity, now immediately I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not gonna, I don't even need to get twisted anymore. Why? Because I want peace. Because not only do I get peace with God, listen, the second thing is I have peace with me. Inner peace. What does that inner peace look like? What does that inner peace feel like? I think we all can relate to that, right? What is that inner peace all about? Well, Philippians says, do not be anxious about anything. Don't get nervous about anything. But in every situation, would you just repeat that with me? In what? Let's, read, let's just say that one more time. In every situation. In the original language, you know what that means? In every situation. That's what that means. That means don't get anxious, don't get nervous, don't get all twisted in anything you face. Anything. Somebody does you wrong. Well, and see, I know I'm, I'm preaching what I'm having to walk through, and you, you'll have to walk through this. Why? Because it's, it's a part of maturity. Many of you who are, uh, have served in the military or you presently are serving in the military, you don't, you don't just walk in and they say, are you in shape? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. No, they get, to, they get to prove to you that you're in shape or not. And if you're not, they're going to get you in shape. They never ask your permission, by the way. Do you feel like doing push-ups today? Because it's all up to you. No, you, you've got your work cut out for you, right? Um, when we're following after Christ, that inner peace, that inner peace that we have, in Philippians when he says, don't be anxious in every situation. What do you think Paul would tell us if we kept getting anxious in every situation? Paul, we just don't know what's going on. Well, I mean, did you read? Did you read that? Have you trusted God? If you, if you get, well, what's, what's the solution on this? Don't, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Lord, I don't know why I have so many enemies, but praise you. Thank you, Lord, because you must be doing something great. You must be getting me ready for something greater than I can ever imagine. I know there's pain, and I don't know why there's pain. A lot of tears. Lord, a lot of sleepless nights. I don't know why you're letting me go through this, but praise you anyway. I'm not going to be nervous about it. I'm not going to get all upset. I'm not going to get twisted because I know somehow you are Lord, you're Messiah, and you're my deliverer. He says, so don't be afraid. Present your request to God. And listen, here's what happens. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now this, I'm telling you, I promise you, this works. But, but here's what you got to do. <clears throat> as, soon, as soon as you start feeling the enemy, just, as soon as you start feeling twisted, don't wait and say, I'll, I'll just work it out by myself. 
I, I, whether it's your phone, computer, an app, I don't care where you have the Word of God. Get it in your heart. And just, and just read it and pray it and read it and pray it and read it and pray it. And when God speaks to you, live it and just praise him. Oh, come on, John. It's not that simple. I didn't say it was simple. It's when you do that, then the peace of God. That transcends anything you can ever imagine. Will guard your heart and mind. It's not that you got strong enough. It's that he showed up. It's not that somehow you got so disciplined that don't, you don't need Jesus anymore. It's not somehow that you, uh, you became so good at being a Christian, you don't need Christ. It's that you're so close to him in relationship that he reaches down and guards your heart and mind. And he walks with you through stuff that you never even thought you could make it through. Am I making sense? It's, it's really as simple, and, and I'm guarding my time, I'm sorry. Guilt worries us, it, it, it threatens us. There's confusion, there's uncertainty, and that's all real. But you can have peace. But then thirdly, peace with God, an inner peace, but then peace with others. Now this could be a whole series, right? This could be a whole series right here. But you know how they know we, will, we are Christians? By our love. They don't know we're Christians by our, our style of worship. They don't know our level of Christianity by the size of our facilities or how well we sing or if we don't cut people off on 64. They don't, they don't judge any of that. By the depth of a, you know how they, you know how we are taught being Christ-like? By our love. Now, it's in, the Bible tells us this, it's easy to love the one you like. It's loving the one you happen to be with that you don't like. Right? It, it's loving the unlovable. It's loving the person that hurts you. It's loving your enemy. It's, it's praying for those who have done something terrible. It's, it's lifting people up. Well, how do you do that? Here's, there's a couple things very quickly. How do you love people like that? Well, it's, it's supernatural, but it can happen in a natural way. And I don't mean a false way. I don't mean putting a smile on your face and loving people, but on the inside you're dying because you're letting the anxiety twist you all to pieces. But John says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as what? As I have loved you. Just imitate me. If I loved you when you were at your lowest, think about that when you're loving them at their lowest. Now this isn't, see, when I used to hear this a lot, when I used to hear this, I thought, okay, I'll feel guilty. I'll, I'll be so guilty that I'll love them. But that's not how it's ever happened. I suddenly realized that 
in most cases, I'm worse than they are. Yeah, they're, they're treating me wrong, but I'm the scoundrel here. And God loves me. How can I not love them? How can I not be kind to them? How can I not be willing to reach out to them? And the list is endless with any of us and all of us. And the varying issues that take place in all of our lives. I, I, I would say that there's no one person in here who has identical issues and all the, the hurts and the feelings that you go through in life. Uh, they're all common. They're painful. It causes pain, which can cause resentment. And see, even now, I, I'm just going to say this, even right now, it could be that you're sitting here right now. I know some of you are, so please don't take this the wrong way. You're sitting here right now, and you're going through pure hell with somebody. I'm telling you, you can stop in your tracks right now and make a decision to love as Jesus said, I have loved you. That's a decision. Love them as I have loved you. How do we do that? Three simple things, and I'm going to pray. First of all, we have to have a clarifying moment. God loved you when you were bad. Think about your worst moment. Let's just take a minute. Think about your worst moment. Well, Pastor, I've been trying to forget that for 10 years. You need to. But it's good to remember it occasionally so God can just shine his light on you and say, wow, I had forgotten about that because he says he will. But since you brought it up, don't I love you? Think about your worst moment and God didn't turn you away. So there needs to be a clarifying moment of how much God loves you. But then it's, it's really good to understand that there needs to be a moment of sharing. If he loved me that much, how can I not love him? How can I not love her? Um, if you're a mom or a dad, are expecting, you have to be expecting to be expecting, right? Um, if, if, if you start, if you have one child and then you're having your second child, anybody ever experienced this if you have more than two or three children? How am I ever going to love this next child as much as I love this child? You start to even feel sorry for the kid coming up. Like he doesn't really have a shot at anything, you know? And by the third child, they're sort of on their own, you know. But, but isn't it amazing how that no matter how many children you have, you would die for every, well, maybe not every one of them, but you would die for almost every one of them, right? You would, you would give everything. Why? Because you have so much more love than you think, but it's got to be given. See, sometimes we don't think we can love because we don't take time to just make that investment of love. But when we do, it's amazing how it shows up. And then lastly, that clarifying moment, that moment of intentionality. But then, and I'm going to close, expect Jesus to respond. God, I'm not feeling this. Do it. Lord Jesus, please let this cup pass from me. Do it. Love anyway. How is this fitting into Christmas? Can you please share with that very quickly, Pastor? Yes. 
He's the greatest gift you've ever received. And you didn't deserve it. But God sent his son anyway, not to be a baby in a manger, but to be a savior on a cross. And he died because he loves you. And when he died, he rose again. And he's coming again. You don't have to fear. You don't have to live in anxiety. You don't have to live in regret. If you make mistakes, if you make mistakes, you can confess your sins and he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. If, if you're sitting here today and say, man, you don't know what I'm going through. My life is a wreck. Well, okay, take 10 years and clean it up. Because, it, it, listen, here's the bottom line. He will walk with you every step of the way. And it doesn't matter if it takes one day or 10 years. Don't you want him to be the builder? Am I making sense? So, so what is this about, about Christmas then? Peace. I'm telling you, you can leave here today and, and live a worry-free life. But it's a choice. But it's not choosing, let's all stand. It's not choosing if you're strong enough. It's choosing if you believe he is. He's already given us the peace. Pastor, you just don't know what I'm facing. Maybe not, but he does. He does. It, receive what you've already been given. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, there's a part of me today, it's not about closing. Our corporate gathering will be over, but God, don't let this close. Don't let us close the book and close this chapter and close the door and move out into a world with worry and fret and anxiety and fear. And continuing to say, God, please do something about it. When this morning we have heard, peace I give you. Come into me, all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. I'll give you peace. I'll give you comfort. Trust me. And God, when we do that, it's like that's when you open the doors. So, Father, I pray that, that as we are dismissed from our corporate gathering, Holy Spirit, lead us. Lord, to the, to the lunch table, to our homes, to our gatherings this week, Father, we thank you for the many celebrations that will take place. But, God, I pray for a peace, an overwhelming peace. <laughs> come over families in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for a peace to come over businesses in Jesus' name. Lord, with all the fear of COVID, I pray peace in the name of Jesus. Lord, all these things are very real, and, and we do. We take them very seriously. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, and you give us peace. So, Lord, we don't leave naive. We leave bold. Your children, your sons, your daughters in peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Merry Christmas. We love you. See you next week. Amen.
This podcast is a member of the Grace River Podcast Network. To listen to more of the podcasts in our network, head over to graceriverva.com media. We would love for you to join us in person or online on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our weekend worship experience. Our campus is located at 5045 Indian River Road in Virginia Beach, Virginia, or you can find us online at graceriverva.com. Grace River exists so that every generation can experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives.